Today on our show, we're counting down the top 10 Amazon Prime video watches. For That's you. right. Let's go, Polly. <laughs> I love that. Short That's all sweet. I've got for you. That's what we're good at. Uh, welcome to episode <laughs> 449 of the Countdown Podcast. My name is Wayne. My name is Short and Sweet, apparently. <laughs> welcome to the show. We count down stuff in order of awesomeness. So you don't have to. And today's topic is. As you've heard there, the top 10 Amazon Prime watches. Now, wait, <laughs> I floated this topic to you last week and we thought, hey, that's a good idea. You know, we've done Netflix a while back and mm. you know, the next one of the next biggest streamers is Prime Video. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not realising that there are some 9,700 movies on Amazon Prime in Australia and somewhere in the order of 1,500 television series. Yeah, it's not a small service. Um, here it is, right? So so th- how did you go about this and what did you do? Did you do the idiot thing that I did? Yeah. So you go first. Okay, well, I probably did do... Well, here's what I did. You can you can look on Amazon Prime and see what you watched, like your watch list. Sure. So I looked in there and I was like, okay, what have I actually seen on Amazon Prime? But of course, it's much bigger than that, Paul. Say, but there'd be a whole bunch of stuff you haven't even scrolled through. Exactly. That expansive. And catalog. so I sat there just scrolling like an idiot through it, all the things, right? And go, you know... And here's the thing, though, right? Because it, it has a back catalog of movies, which of some of which will be your absolute favorite, right? Yes. But then it's like, well... I mean, old James Bond films, for example, are on Amazon Prime. <laughs> and I'm like, well, you know, I could just pick 10 of those. That's not an interesting no. show, though. No, That's not, not an interesting and show. And it's also completely Eat utterly my false. Eat <laughs> false. Because my immediate response when you made that point via text this week was, and fuck you for suggesting there's 10 James Bond films <laughs> better than The Matrix. More than 10. Exactly. See, that's it. And then, so so what I've done is, I'm like, no, what makes the best show? So I haven't got any James Bond films, because I talk about it I all also time, don't right? have The Matrix. And it's like, a lot of it is like, well, they're Amazon Prime like originals or whatever. Well, we could have done that. We could have, and that's why I clarified it. Are we doing just Amazon Prime original no, stuff? No, it's just what's on and Amazon I, Prime. I could have made 10 out of that, no problem, but I've largely gone with that. But then I've added a couple of old faves. Me too. Me that too. we probably don't talk about as much on exactly. the show. Exactly. And that's, I believe, the way to go, Paulie, because so. this should service you, the, the listener, as hey, do you have the Prime or do you have someone's yes. p- password or do you have a magic <laughs> I machine? I've cracked down the way that Netflix has. So. Yeah, I know, right? So if that is the case, you listen to this show and maybe there's a few gems in here. You're like, oh, I didn't hear that was good or whatever. Because I just, from my research, I picked up one show where I'm like, this is the best. My right? short list was 37 things. Holy shit. Yeah, no, that's one of the largest I've ever done. And here's how I did it. I didn't go through, I didn't trust this scrolling through Amazon Prime, like finding the, the line of things, no, like it horror takes movies. Too long. So instead, I went on this website that lists every single thing that's on Amazon Prime oh. currently, which is how I know it's 9,700 films. Is it different take. between here and the States? I, th- I believe there is some discrepancies oh, okay. and differences, right. so hence my list will decide, who cares? We're not going to yeah, delineate it like- in the show notes, but in the show notes we all, but not in the title of the episode. Yeah. And I scrolled through every single page. There were 24 things <laughs> per page, reading every single one. Oh, no. And if you like Bollywood, Tollywood... Or Indian films in general, dear God, there's a lot for you. You could argue the on same. Amazon. Do you Prime. know why? Because on Netflix, it's the same. There's a shit ton of Bollywood stuff in Lemonade. Because there's that. Obviously, it must have a big audience in India. My Netflix. I mean, we are from you know sort of Oceania region, I yes, guess. I yes. don't know how different it is from Australia to India to Korea to whatever. But not that Korea is in Oceania. But <laughs> there's a lot of my incidental analysis is there's a lot of Korean stuff mm. and Bollywood stuff on. Netflix, but this is exorbitantly so much Bollywood stuff. You know, the model... I shouldn't say Bollywood, Indian cinema. Yeah, yeah, South Asian, Paul. 
but like that's the thing though the amazon like audience the amazon business model everything is completely different from netflix because like first of all amazon has more money than god do you know why amazon web services i went to a meeting there about two years ago right. in and i was like oh, holy shit look at this place right and they were doing like they were just it was just a casual meeting with about 20 people doing a presentation they were giving out amazon echoes if you if you got the I question had, right just, <laughs> they're just rich man they're rich so they just buy every fucking thing. I just had, uh, you know, Dom Perry on. Uh, Bro, I, I'm Dom telling you. you. Dom Perry on for you. It's this, because Amazon Web Services, every single thing that you do in the world, including the Netflix, has servers at Amazon Web Services. Right. So you don't even, like, if that thing goes down, the world goes down. And literally the risk management is, well, everyone will yeah. go down too. That's we it. are talking about less than two weeks after the smaller telco than Telstra went down. And, yeah, and exactly. Basically screwed about 10 million Australians. So mm-hmm. that shit can happen. Optus goes down, exactly. So, you know, this is it. So, uh, yeah, so all of that is to say, if you got the Prime, this is your episode. And I'd love to hear what you think. As well as the fact, of course, you get free shipping. So that's why I have Prime. <laughs> one, it's actually one of the cheaper services. It is. Right? And I order like way too much shit off Amazon and the free first class shipping does not surprise me, bro. Someone I know just bought a goddamn like humidifier and it came today. It's a Sunday, Paul. It came on a Sunday after after ordering on a Friday. There is definitely an advantage to ordering through Amazon Prime versus through regular postal routes. One guy talking. That's it. All, All right. right, let's do this then, Wayne. On the other side of the segment, we kick off most every show. It's called the recount. Who wants a recount? Who? Who, 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 who wants a recount? Who, 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 who wants a recount? What are we recounting today, Grandmaster P? <laughs> well, we are recounting last week's, two weeks ago's show, the top 10 book pop oh, songs Sorry, of the books. 21st century. But I do want to give a shout out straight to last week's show, which only just came out after our okay. top 10 books that, we, that shaped who we are. Uh, where Julio from the Contrarians podcast took the time to write to us. So thank you very much. Great show, the Contrarians. I finally got my shit together and became a patron of their show. So nice. we thoroughly recommend. Julio says, I love the show and I love every episode, but I think my favorite countdowns are the ones where you get a little more personal. It makes sense since they don't come along often while still being really funny and entertaining. That's to say the book's episode was delightful. There you go. And there was quite a few people who chimed in on that thread to, to say the same. So thank you to everyone there, including obviously and especially Julio, for those very kind words. Thanks, guys. All right. And then 21st century pop songs, Wayne's Playground, <laughs> 42 <laughs> votes would think, received. But... And boy, you came out of the blocks fast. I had a look at one stage now. I have to put it up. It was like seven to one. Oh, I got smashed in this one. Not to be. Nope, nope, As it nope. turns out, I came storming back to win 23 to 19. Boom. Um, yay. Now, Wayne, apparently... Billy Dizzle, Billy Dunham said, Paul crushed this. Honestly, I was disappointed in Wayne. <laughs> so, yeah, because... Oh, oh, damn. I know, but where's Billy, the, the sound Billy, 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 you're not my people. You, <laughs> like, you know indie shit, okay? You don't really understand pop like me, baby. Ooh, ooh. You say indie pop, that's a dis- that, that, is the, that doesn't actually... It's not a thing. No one understands. Indie and pop, two different things. No one understands pop like Wayne. <laughs> Just go back and check out our 90s pop episode. <laughs> I was still right about that, so suck some dicks. Um, no, but yes, no, this is exactly. I'm a teeny bopper. I and 14-year-old girls have the same taste in music. Troy Spinner, however, the man who puts the list up every week. Thank you again, Troy, for your contributions to the show. He said, genuinely tough call when you really got to give props to Paul this week. But Wayne just edged him out. BTS probably got him over the line. <laughs> See? That's the other thing. Career pop, K-pop. Uh, now, this one will make you laugh, Wayne. Minahak, AK Dan said, no idea who to vote for this week, so hashtag Paul voting block. <laughs> See, it happens, people. It It happens. Stop it. Lloyd from the 
Pint podcast got it right finally. Sorry, Wayne, you might be a pop guru, but I like Paul's this better because I actually know most of his songs. Piers, Again. Paper Planes, not pop. Royals, not pop. Is that right? There you go. Yeah, I know a lot of people say MIA. She's a little bit of an indie artist. But again, this is all shades of grey. <laughs> David Powell, the other co-host, and we watched the thing, said, Paul didn't have any songs that made me want to cut my own ears off. <laughs> he even had several I actively enjoy. Wayne, on the other hand, had both Harry Styles and Justin Bieber. I'm still tossing up whether I actually unfriend him on Facebook. <laughs> hey, man, I am who I am. <laughs> again, he's not a 14-year-old girl. <laughs> that, that is true, and neither are you. <laughs> we just share some things, that's all. <laughs> yeah, I know. To I know. Be lying. It's not what you think. To be lying. It's not what, what you think. On. What do you want? Jonathan Kidd had Wayne had party in the USA. My two-year-old daughter voted for Wayne without hesitation. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, Joey DiCarlo from the So Is It podcast, another great show. Do check them out. Said Paul wins having Gwen number one. Yeah, jo- Joey and yeah. I, the Gwen that's, Stefani. That's train. your thing. So there we are. Thank you so much. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Fell over the line. Another close one. I've had some really good ones lately. Well, next week we're not doing the one, but we'll definitely do a countdown. Sorry, a vote for this week's countdown. Word. All right. That's it for the recount. Let's do it on the other side of, uh, yeah, why not? This music cue. The top 10 Amazon Prime watches. The top 10 Amazon Prime watches. What? Is the subject of this week's countdown. All right, who's going first today, Wayne? Mm, I'm going to go first if it's okay. Sure. Because uh, I have an odd number 10 for you. It's not odd, it's just that it's very me. Okay? Okay. Now, ladies and gentlemen, there was a time. Let's call it 1995. All right. And uh, <laughs> I didn't really understand. Like, the, in the heyday of movies, because some people call 1994 the best year of movies ever. That Shawshank year? Yes, I mean, it just came out. I just th- did this thing, everything, sure exactly, shame. all that, right? Now, right behind it, 1995. Uh, I was a. How old was I then, Paul? 19. 19 years old. Okay, and I did. I was still defining what I thought was cool, what I thought was nice, or what I thought was like yep. really. And this film comes out. It's called Get Shorty. Oh yeah, good. Get film. Shorty, 1995. I like Get Shorty. Oh yeah, John Travolta. I believe this may be the best crime comedy that I've ever seen. And I didn't realize it was on Amazon Prime until I was scrolling like a bitch Ooh, through it. It just reminded me of something here. Well, you continue talking while I find these grab I have from this film. Oh, great. Yeah, good. Uh, so, in my, like I said, in my opinion, Get Short is not the only the best Leonard like an adaptation, but also like you know one of the best types of these movies. It is an R-rated crime comedy for adults released in late October 1995, and no one expected it to be a hit, but it became like it got like a half to 115 million after a budget of 30 million, which back Ooh. then was a boatload of money, mm-hmm. and. I remember thinking, and we all were big fans of this film, I yep. think, right? Barry uh, Sonnenfeld, right? That's it. He, at the time, was a very... Hot. B- hot, hot, exactly. And he did Is some this real cool jobs. before or after Men in Black? Uh, I want to... S- Men in Black's after, I, I want to say before, yeah, Men in Black. Yeah. So, John Travolta at his time, he was then, because of Pulp Fiction, coming yep. into his own as his, his second zenith of whatever, right? I honestly believe that I dress the way I do because of this film. <laughs> he wears a lot of solids and a lot of suits. Whoa. Right? And I remember thinking to myself, even his, yeah, even his walks, even his walk, the John Travolta walk had its own thing. And I remember seeing the the, the advanced the commentary, Barry Sorrentino tells us, if you have John Travolta in your movie, you want him walking as much as possible. It kind of looks like he's dancing. This is back then I'm talking, right? Mm, okay. Now it's a bit, you know, whatever. But 
I think that I had never seen a cooler lead character than this. Now, apparently, John Travolta himself, when he was filming this movie, was depressed because his character didn't have a flaw. He was like perfectly this guy, right? <laughs> Chili Palmer, right? I know, right? Some people just want shit oh, to worry about. Some people suggest being part of the mafia is a flaw, but anyway. Nah, he's the, he's the, he, every scene he's in, he's the fucking man, all right, in this yeah. film, right? And it's got like a wicked uh, supporting cast. James Gandolfini is a stuntman. Mm-hmm. Fucking Delroy Lindo. Dennis Farina. Dennis course, Farina. In a very quick cameo at the end. Harvey Keitel. Harvey Keitel, baby. Fuck you, fuckball. There it is. <laughs> nice one. And of course, Rene Russo, who yeah. I would still Gene do. Hackman. Gene Hackman. Oh, how could I forget Gene Hackman? In a role where he's not actually playing asshole guy. Well, he is, but he's like, it's funny. He's actually doing he's comedy. He's wimpy guy. Exactly. And I, I believe he actually is funny in this film. So I, there was one particular shot where we had never seen this before back in 1995, where Chili Palmer walks into a car and they somehow mount the car on the window of right. mount the camera on the window of the car and drive. And then at the end of the drive, they pull it off as he gets out, and it's one shot. And we're like, "What the hell was that?" Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito, baby. And it was just all kinds of good shit. So um, I adore Get Shorty. Good film. If any of you are young kids and you've never seen it before, I will tell you this: I looked, I watched it again a bit, a bit of it again on Amazon Prime. I was like, "Oh, look at this!" Right? It doesn't look like movies now. The actual resolution is not the same, like 4K, and it's not that as makes sense. But it's also not as bright on Amazon Prime as I remember it. We saw it on Laserdisc as well. Laser disc, and it was all like, "Ooh, look at these like turquoise colors!" But still, amazing show. Go see Get Shorty if you ain't seen it yet. All right, nice one. I think my number ten, Wayne, might be something that when I say it, if it's not on your list, it very well may be. Sure. You'll be like, ah, oh, damn, I didn't know that was on Probably, here. probably. My number 10 is the UK sitcom Coupling. Oh, is it on there? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yes, this is um Jack. Davenport. Jack Davenport, yeah. who uh, is like one of my favorite British people. Yeah. Is, yeah, on, in so the film. So basically this Please. is the, I guess, I think you've described it before, Wayne, on the show once or twice, maybe mm. back in the day, where yeah. it's kind of like the British version of Friends, but ruder. Yes. Much ruder. So it's that British sensibility. I think there was four seasons of this show from vague memory, six episodes, I think, per season. So really great. Really very great. Very small number of episodes, but it follows three men, three women from, from memory. Yes. And they're kind of back and forth. Some are getting together, some are not. Some are dating other people. And it has many of the, I don't know, I guess what we grew up with as, as some seminal kind of jokes. Absolutely. Like, you know, the, the What's his name? The, the Wilty... The, the thing is, there's several jokes I can't remember. Yeah, no, no, no. There, there, well, there's one character who actually changed halfway through in the later yes, on season. Yeah. He's got like the frizzy sort of yep. hair, right? He's the funny sort of like f- like foul guy. Yep. He's, he's me, right? So <laughs> <laughs> the thing about this show is that it's a British show, but it's shot like an American show. If you watch it, you'll see what I mean. I think the Americans did do a version of it afterwards. Oh, but, did they? But don't watch. I think I'm sure it was like a Joel McKay. I can't remember. There was an American version of it, but this UK version. It, the, the thing about it is you've got British people and it looks like an American show. And yeah, there are gags in it. Like, for example, they were talking about the concept of two men. If you're very close with each other, you can be um, porn buddies. And that means that um, if one of you died unexpectedly, the other porn buddy has got your keys yep. and everything to your house. And he can go to your house, remove all the pornographic material so that your family doesn't know what a filthy cunt you were. <laughs> so, <laughs> and everyone, Paul is that guy for me. <laughs> I don't know if you want to go any further on that hit revelation. <laughs> he knows where it all lives and he knows to destroy this hard drive. <laughs> if Wayne drops dead and the podcast ends, there'll be a very, very unfortunate incident where one thing and one thing only got stolen from Wayne's house, his computer. Yeah, what happened? What happened? And that's the thing. Like back when we were kids in the 90s and earlier, 
Porn used to be analog, everyone. There were magazines, there were videos. They had to be down like in Not the, anymore. You, yeah, you to be Batman. It's fucking open a door, big panel comes by, you three fours down, Janet Jack me. But it's no. Now it's all your computer, so it'll be easier. So this one was written by Stephen Moffat. Of yes. Here we're going to do sort of Doctor Who and lots of British great stuff fame. So that level of kind of humor, it's, it's a bit. Which is great. If you yeah. can write comedy, you can write anything, I reckon. Obviously, a magnificent writer, and, and he wrote every episode of the show as well. So, if you're a Moffat fan and, and you haven't seen this somehow and you don't know about it, then you absolutely do need to check it out. But yeah, great show. Who else? Uh, one of the other blokes who's who's one of the mains in it too, and he is the kind of good-looking bloke. He's played by is Patrick. He's played by Ben Miles. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you recognise him. He and was me. in something He's recently. In so many things. He was in something really big recently. He was on just just finished screening, and it may well make my top ten. TV shows of the year, an episode mm. coming soon to your ears. He was in the show with Idris Elba, which I cannot remember the name of it, on Apple uh, TV about the plane hijacking. I think it might just be called Hijack. Yeah, I saw him recently in something. It wasn't maybe Oppenheimer, but it was something big like that. I'm like, oh man, that guy got a role. So um, yeah, he's great. He's great. Yeah, and he was he was a sex obsessed guy. So we got that, and yeah, very oh, very. Yeah, he was the, he was the guy with a huge cock. He supposedly had a really huge cock. Yeah, sadly that's not me. <laughs> Or, you know, maybe. Well, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want you hanging out there by yourself. All right, that's my number 10, coupling. Coupling. Good, 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 good pull. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> no pun intended. No pun intended, exactly. Uh, my number nine is also... also good choice. <laughs> my number nine is also a British comedy, um, which you, probably many of you have heard of, so it's not quite the gem that Paul's was. But when I had not heard about this, it was recommended to me by various people in my life. And they said, you should check out something called The Inbetweeners. Oh, yeah. That was, that's on my honorable mentions. Yeah. So, The Inbetweeners. I can only have one of these two. <laughs> yeah, I know. Exactly, right? So, The Inbetweeners is a, a another UK comedy. And the thing about the UK is that they will do one season of, you know, nine or yeah, 12 episodes. I think I said six episodes. A coupling had a couple of seasons. Or of, even of less. Eight episodes. But, yeah, very, overall, it was only 20 episodes of that show. Only three seasons of The Inbetweeners, right? Yes, and that's the thing and about two movies. <laughs> two movies, yeah. And uh, the, the this is the difference between we back in the day, ladies and gentlemen. There used to be two models. There was a UK model and the US model. Yeah. The UK model had two writers and like eight episode seasons, yeah. maybe two seasons, whatever. Right? America, a million writers, yeah. twenty two episodes, at least two hundred thousand seasons, twenty six. Yeah, exactly. If it was good, Australia tried to do the worst of both worlds, where we had. Two writers and 24 episodes and everything sucked dick. So, you know, this is the way to go. And you get, hey fucking dad. Hey dad was a piece of shit. So, <laughs> And now be a piece of shit for other reasons. But yeah, anyway, I won't well, get into yes, that now. Yeah, and drag with the show one. down. But the in-betweeners, for what it's worth, is about young ass children. Now, the actors are all 30. But you can't tell. Um, were they 30? Well, they were no, much older than... They I'm were sure they're older than 15, 16. I'm sure they're meant to Jay be. Was about, Jay is like 28. Really? Right? Yeah. I know. I okay. know. I certainly thought they were in their early 20s, but yeah. Ah, uh, look, I think I'm sure, well, now they're definitely in that, but like even then they were much older. It is about, it is not over the top stupidity, but it is in fact unabashedly just foul. Just foul. Mm-hmm. And very British in its way. For example, I never really use the term bellend to, um, <laughs> to, pro- to, to describe a penis. But of course, it is a penis because it has a bell-like end. Yes. Also, clunge. Clunge is a term that means generic vagina, right? 
And he'll look over the fence at a party. Oh, tons of clunge, right? Hilarious, all right? Hilarious stuff. <laughs> sure. So many cum jokes, so many dumb other jokes. Ooh, My favorite friends, per- friends, friends, friends. exactly, right? All great stuff. If you've seen this, you know what I'm talking about. My favorite one, that Jay is the Jay is this character who's always lying about having sex, and it's an obvious lie, but he's just a dickhead. And he will say shit like, Oh, your sister was <laughs> Your sister's mouth was around my cock with her head bobbing up and down like a dog eating hot chips. <laughs> <laughs> Who even thinks of that? Come on, it's hilarious, right? So, <laughs> you know what? That's the great thing about Wayne the Ghost is he doesn't need you to laugh at his jokes. <laughs> well, the funny thing or is, renditions of their own. When you don't have a studio audience and you're relying on Paul to laugh when he fucking doesn't, right? Sometimes you got to bring your I own am. party. I'm chuckling. <laughs> exactly. I'm he, doesn't, chuckling. he doesn't chuckle audibly, uh, which a, is bad for you people. Chuckle. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> so, um, yes. Again, nothing too original insofar as the concept here, because it's just young dickheads saying shit. But my God, it's well executed. And I will tell you this. It'll take you a couple episodes to get in, but once you're there, you are there. You will watch good, every fucking thing in it. So, yes. Nice, nice show. Nicely said. Nicely done. My number nine is very, very gem in the rough. Will Most of you will not have even heard of this, let alone seen it. And those mm. who have are probably fans of the show and have been here since early day dot. It's directed by your friend, Wayne, or mm-hmm. co-directed by he. It's called Top Knot Detective ah. on Amazon Prime yes, yes. in Australia. A top notch detective. So their friend who's been on the show, we interviewed him around this way back in the early days. of The show is our friend Aaron McCann Aaron and McCann. Dominic Pierce, his co-writer and co-director. And so this, it's hard to describe it here. Bear with Very me. Very hard to describe. This is a faux mockumentary about the fandom behind a show called Top Knot Detective. Which didn't actually exist. Which never existed. So it's completely fabricated. And it, what this very, very clever mockumentary does is recreate like it's this 80s Japanese television show, which yeah. is kind of like monkey-esque. Yes. Would be the best way of describing it. Monkey Magic. You remember monkey that? Monkey Magic, yeah. Some of you might remember. And how it, the fandom has grown and the controversies behind the scene and why the show ended and how the fans still hang on to it today. It's all that kind of stuff, but it's all fake and that's the genius of the show. You legitimately could watch this and think, how I never heard of Top Knot Detective. This mm. sounds like a great show. I want to check it out. Yeah. But it's all bullshit. It's all yeah, from their minds. Exactly. Which is great. And it's shot like, it looks like it's on video because obviously they're flashing back to when this was a 90s TV show, which means it had that old style shit. And it's really, really great. He's a great writer and director, this fellow. If you want a taste of some of his work that I really like, Google the Perth Tafe It's a Snap. Oh, gosh. Um, like pro- uh, he, he, yeah, he shot this promo, campaign, advertising yeah. campaign, and he did it while he was in Tafe, and it fucking rocks, right? It's really, really great. But Top Not Detective, good pull, Polly. Yeah. I forgot that we actually know someone who did one who of these things. Who makes this kind of stuff. So, yeah, well done uh, well, well done to me for picking it, but mostly well done to Aaron and Dominic for creating it. Yeah, well done, Paul. So- <laughs> <laughs> Give it a try. Top yeah, Not Detective. Well worth watching. Nice one. My number eight, eight yeah. is going to infuriate Paul oh, Brazil. Hang on. Let's go to the soundboard. Yeah, go ahead, motherfucker. All right. Now, listen. This show had the... Unf- I maintain it is a good show. It was very, very expensive. And it had the misfortune of going up against the same broadcast period as a Game of Thrones oh, fuck offshoot. This. Yes. You insignificant Fuck you, Game Ball. Dick, my dick, dick, dick. All right. So, it's Rings of Power. Yeah. That's right. And Paul can lick my Ring of Power. <laughs> um, it's... <laughs> I Almost th- preferable to have to watch this again. <laughs> okay, let's get into this, all right? It is a Lord of My Ring offshoot or prequel or whatever you want to call it, okay? And it talks about, oh, sorry, depicts things like 
young Galadriel, young Hugh fucking, what's his name? Young entitled Galadriel. Uh, yeah, look, she's a bit of a cunt, but I do believe <laughs> I do believe that she's a really great character because she's so cool, all right? And Is hot. she now? She's cool and hot, man. Uh, she's hot. All right, so it's like... <laughs> no. Chot. No. Fuck it. <laughs> all right. If the audience will please strike that from their minds and never repeat it. You are chot as shit. Oh, fuck it. All right, all right, all right. Um, look, oh, that's what you want to do. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> now, the pacing of this film, oh, sorry, show, is is a bit ponderous, you might say, a tad slow, but... Oh, you might say. <laughs> you should say. Well, I would say that what it... The, the thing that it had a problem with... Now, everyone knows... Sorry, it got a lot of press for being so Inferior. expensive that my ass... Exactly. It was hugely expensive because they had to buy the rights to Lord of My Ring. They were... I had all these... Dis, like, they, they, you couldn't use certain characters. All these sorts of things. They had to write around it. It was probably the most expensive production ever in terms of a TV show. And I do believe it looks like it because it's a beautiful looking show. I mean, you got to give it that point. No, that that was, tree looked cool, no, right? I think we did acknowledge that when we compared this in exactly. House of the Dragon that it was a good looking show, especially the first two, three episodes. Yeah. But then a lot like anything... Mm. You can't just get by on aesthetics alone. Agree, but at least it didn't look like. I mean, like the money they spent was apparent. Yeah, um, that's true. But like, what I would uh, but just I, not in the writing, acting, pacing. <laughs> <laughs> See, I didn't let it go. I was actually watching this, going, you know what? I'm enchanted I the whole goddamn time. Thing. I wish so I hadn't bothered. I. Well, I, again, I think it had the misfortune of going up against that dragon's what's it called? House of the Dragon, House of the Dragon, which was yes, admittedly way better. Good. Because it agree was, on that at least. Exactly, right? So, And I didn't expect House of the Dragon to be better than this. What it was was that with this, was, even though it had a lot of shit happened to it, there's some Sauron shit that you, you know, if you're really into the Lord of the Rings shit, it's like, oh my God, is that how it turned out? Very good stuff. It was probably toothless by comparison. Do you like watching dwarves and elves have dinner together? Hang then on. this is the show for you. Well, the one thing I will admit is that the halfling or the half foot or half, whatever they're called, oh, yeah, right? That whole, but, I even forgot about that storyline. That's yeah, how memorable That storyline sucks big hat balls and it just shouldn't have been there. But everything else, even the dwarves in the cave and fucking, nope. you know, What's, that was all good in Agent nope. Smith, that character. What's his name? Fucking Yeah, I know he him, that, but yeah, nope. he, ah, See, I like this show, and I still maintain that it's good. Uh, overall, enjoying, but it is my number eight on the list, so it's not the best thing ever, but it is good. Well, it's the eighth best thing out of 12,000 options, but there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of controversy, my number eight, sticking with the Australian low-budget kind of hidden gem stuff, which I have championed this film on the show before. I even introduced, interviewed, not introduced, interviewed its director, it's the original Wormwood colon Road of the Dead, hmm? which is, I knew this guy, you weren't there for that, oh, right, right, right. Kia Roach-Turner. And the recent sequel came out, Wormwood Apocalypse, which was on my top 10 films two years ago from memory. Right here. And in between, they've done another movie, Necromantic. And yeah, these guys are insanely talented. They produced this, he and his brother, Kia, and I can't remember the brother's name, Tristan. They, uh, like you look at the, the, the listing of the credits on... IMDb or on Letterboxd, it's just their names everywhere throughout this writing, producing, executive producing, they are <laughs> all over it. So this is a very much a, not quite a two-person job, but it's basically Mad Max meets Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. So it's, a, it's sort of taking place in the kind of outback town yep. when the dead start coming back to life and then they end up creating sort of Mad Maxian type cars to plow through them, but they need to use the emissions from the dead's mouths to power the cars because fuels run out and oh so it's quite inventive and different it's over the top and gory there's some wonderful shots there's a pretty great performance from bianca brady as the main lead in the show i think she's really good and and they kind of do that thing where 
I don't want to spoil the film. If you've yeah. not, despite me talking about this film two, three times over the course of the podcast, if you've not seen Road of the Dead, then absolutely go check it out now on Amazon Prime. I don't want to spoil any more than that. And then you can check out Wormwood Apocalypse, the sequel, which was out, as I said, seven years after the original. Aussie film? Yeah, both Aussie films. Yeah. As Aussie as they come. Okay, cool. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, can't comment, obviously, because uh, not my jam, but uh, sounds interesting. You know what? I think you'd find something charming. You're not going to bother. I'm not saying you should. Yeah. But, no, but, but you, would, you sim- would not hate this a la Thanksgiving or anything along those lines. Okay. There's much more in this for you. You'd be like, oh, it's kind of funny because it's Aussie. Th- things with, set with in a Australia. bit of a budget. Yeah, yeah you, can see good. It, you can see it's better than its budget. Great. You'd, you'd appreciate all that stuff. No, no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not opposed for sure. Absolutely. And oh. it's, more of a, it's really more of an action film than a horror film. Better. And the end of the Better. Day. You yeah. got me now. Better. All right, cool. All right. Well, my number seven is a show that I continually saw popping up in the Amazon thingies. And I've heard people talk about it. And it's one of those shows that was wildly popular with the fans or the people who watched it, okay. but wildly unpopular with the critics. It's called The Terminal List. Ah, a couple now, of the listeners on the, fa- on the feedback. Yeah, so now... Jump on this one? Yeah, what it's about... It's Chris Pratt, so, like, you know, there's a bit of dissolute... Controversy. Know, yeah, you know, whatever, in, in there. But he has... This show is essentially a... I think it was written by an actual Navy SEAL. And I was tempted, but I read such, as you say, such bad reviews. Yeah. The, and what I would say about it is, uh, to be fair, I haven't finished the whole thing. I've only seen about half of them. And Whoa, you put this on your list and you've only seen half of them? Well, it's an interesting, it's an interesting oh. enough to put. Remember, this is an eclectic list, Paul. Okay? I think I've seen about 60% of them. Yes. <laughs> That's why it's so much better than half. <laughs> well, this is it. Uh, now, it's, a, it's about this Navy SEAL dude, Chris Pratt, who goes on some assignment, which he's pushed into or whatever. Him and his team go in there and shit goes south. And pretty much all of them get wiped out. And it come, he comes back to sort of the States and he's trying to figure it out. It turns out it's, a, it's all about like uh, people are trying to frame him. The, the, the audio from the mission log seems to be possibly deep faked. All this sort of shit. Like, I didn't say that and all kind of things. So, like I said, it's a seven out of ten from, my, on, seven from ten on my list. But it is actually pretty great with the action. Like, and great enough to finish? <laughs> it's only because I started a few days ago, you oh, cunt. Okay. <laughs> what? No. You know what's great? Having a host who's a cunt. That's just great. <laughs> I can care. <laughs> Should have seen it coming. Didn't. Uh, yes. Uh, now, I think that the reason the critics don't like this is that, or whatever, is that it is a very, um, it is a very American tale. I will tell you that. Okay. The the it looks very similar yeah? to another thing I suspect is coming up on your list. Mm, oh yeah. Uh, Yes, but it is different in a lot of ways. Okay. So with the terminal list, it is not woke, shall we say. It's very obviously written by an American with American sort of sensibilities in okay. terms of its military. And I believe the greatest critics want something a bit more left-leaning. I'm not saying it's right-leaning, but it is all about this guy. It's from his point of view. And as a result, he thinks like a U.S. Marine or Navy, sorry, um, SEAL fair. or whatever it is. Yeah. If he is a U.S. Marine, he should Yeah, and again, that. it was written by a, a SEAL. So yep. it's like, uh, and I don't mind that at all because it is his story. So it actually is great. There's actually good, really good action in it. That's I good. will say it does start a little bit slow. I'll say that Ooh, for you. Oh, boy. All right? But again, it picked up for me as I liked it, and I will continue to watch it to the end, Paul. So it's like my balls. <laughs> uh, and there you are. The terminal list, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Well, I'm sticking with a film for my number seven. This was one of my favorites of the year that it came out, which was, I believe, 2020, the pandemic year. Mm. It's directed by Max Barbacow. It's the Andy Samberg starring Palm Springs. <laughs> yes, you've always a been a fan great of Great movie. A great time travel repeat 
sort of Groundhog Day type film, which I think is hilariously funny and really well thought through. And the chemistry between he and Christian Melotti, the mom from How I Met Your Mother, oh yeah, is pretty damn great. And then the antagonism provided by J.K. Simmons as Roy in the film as well. But really, it's just how funny this is. That idea of what are you going to do? He does everything, you know. Oh, I might as well get fucked in the ass because why not? Because <laughs> tomorrow, well, that literally happens in the movie. Really? Yeah. Tell me the title again. Palm Springs. Oh, Palm Springs. Yeah. Yeah. Already. Because it's get a repeat. In the ass. E- yes. Yeah. Every day at the end of the day, he flashes back to the start of that day, which happens to be somewhere out, I think, in Nevada, and at Palm Springs, wherever that is. And then he's going through his someone's wedding, and he's with a girl he hates. Mm, I remember now. And so he meets Christian Melody. He's not the guest of the wedding, and eventually, through machinations of the script. He walks through a wormhole. Anyone who walks through that wormhole then gets caught in the same loop. So eventually it's not just him doing the same thing over and over and yeah. et cetera, et cetera. So very clever film, really well put together. Love the shit out of it. Funny, clever, and very satisfying. So Palm Springs is my number seven. Now, you know what I'm wondering? If indeed have you still was... not seen this movie? I've seen it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you and I disagreed about it because I was like, it's fine. And you were <sighs> like, this is the shit. And so, um, but I wonder myself now, if Paul was stuck in this, would you, after having been alive for whatever, 2, well, 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 years, They kind of make whatever? the impression that he's been alive for a long, long time. Right, I reckon this. you'd get fucked in the ass. Yeah, probably. I reckon. And, yeah. I, you know, that's that was the argument about Superman. Superman has been alive for, like, however long. Eventually, he'll be like, I'm going to fuck a guy because he got nothing better to do. Yeah, well. Exactly. I would, too. Hell, I'd do it now. <laughs> as long as it's Henry Cavill. <laughs> exactly. Sorry, I've got a few conditions. <laughs> And or Tom Cruise. <laughs> no, it's Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill. Henry Henry yeah. All right. Good. All right. <laughs> well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, my number six is definitely one of my uh, favorite films, but favorite for lots of reasons. Now, let me tell you about my youth. I was one of those kids who did martial arts. Mm-hmm. And, um, Can't give him. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and like all of them. And that literally it was who I was when I was like 15 to 19, right? That kind of thing. And this film called Bloodsport is on Amazon Prime. Holy shit, did not expect that coming. I know, right? I almost spat my drink out Uh in surprise. uh Uh, Bloodsport is JCVD. It's it's Van Damme. And it was, in fact, his first film. He, in fact, says that this was the film where he went to a Hollywood producer after coming from Brussels or whatever and saying, I want to be a star. I want to this and that. And 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 the producer said, well, because of the conviction in his eyes, he said, give me, give me blood sport, right? And can, he goes, can you act? No. No. Can you do martial arts? Yes. Can you dance? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> that was kickboxing. That's I know. <laughs> <laughs> but he, um, and, and he could, if you watch this film, he can barely fucking speak English. He's fucking French as fuck. Or Brussels as fuck. Um, and so. I speak French. I know. But yeah. Now, what it is, is actually, Brown Spot is actually about a dude named Frank Ducks, who was a real dude. Well, their mileage vary on whether he's full of shit or not about this movie, but... Oh, that's right. I've read some of the controversies like yes. this. They think it's mostly made up bullshit. Mostly made up bullshit. Yeah. And to be fair, it probably is if you look at this film, yeah, So right? that's not Jean-Claude Van Damme's problem, though. No, that's the, like the guy who was Zagal pretending to do Ex- it. Yeah. No, no. He was just portraying the character. But the good thing about the film, other than the fact is, is that when I was young... And you, you know, if you like a certain thing, let's say you're a jet skiing fan yeah. or this or a diving of course fan, you, got, you, you consume all of the. If you're a diving fan, you've seen the Big Blue Hill a hundred thousand times, right? Mm-hmm. For us, this movie was all about martial arts. Literally every type of martial art you can think of is depicted in this movie. Drunken monkey, fucking mm-hmm. this other shit, and it's really, really cool to watch. And all of the actors who did it weren't actually stuntmen. Most of them were, in fact, practitioners. Martial artists. So when and then this this was the movie which where we where, where we found out about the possibility of something called Dimark where you've got a bunch of tiles and if you smack the top one you can break the fourth one if you feel like it. <laughs> By the way, I've done a lot of research and I think that's bullshit. <laughs> 
But we tried a lot and my hand got broken Have almost. Have you demarked the shit out of something? <laughs> if so, please let us know. By all the usual channels. Yeah, if one of you guys have mastered it, come, you know, let us know. Uh, or even seem someone who do it, because it does look a bit like bullshit. However, I will tell you that the film itself is great. There is a love interest. There's one pork, but it's very kind of like just to the side of the story. And um, As it should be. As it should be for a show like this. And uh, I do actually love it. It does still hold up. I saw it recently. It's okay. still badass. One guy talking. All right, so, cool. Bloodsport. My number six is weird. Go because... On. It's as far as I could tell, and maybe I didn't look close enough, but the only one of this trilogy which is on Amazon Prime, hmm. it's hmm. the Academy Award winning The Lord of the Rings, colon, The Return of the King. But that one's the only one? I think that's the only one that's on Amazon Prime. You'd think that they would have them know, all after blowing that money Half on Rings of Power. Here on my list. It's a great film. It's a great end to a trilogy. Don't get me wrong. I just rewatched them all in 4K with my daughter. I introduced them to her for Did the first you? time. Yeah. Not the extended edition, the cinematic edition. No shit, that's, motherfucker. That's long enough. Because who's got time for that? Exactly. And we watched it over, I don't know, probably a month, just watching 20, 30 minutes a night type thing. And maybe that, uh, you could argue it's not the way to watch it, but it is the way to watch it with a 10-year-old, let me tell you. Oh, dude. I mean, for, to sit down for how long? Three hours each time? Or yeah, they're all around about three hours. Yeah. This one might be more like three and, and 20. This movie didn't fucking end. Okay. I know, I know you have that, that qualm. And I do understand it. And I do, don't disagree. It's mm. not a perfect film, but it has some perfect emotional beats that are earned through the course of these three films and all culminate here. I don't think I need to sell this film no. to anyone out there. Like you're either on board and you love these films or it's not your genre and you don't like fantasy films, in which case, fine. Totally understand. Can we agree that of the three, the first is the best? I still like the first best. This is the second best. I still like the twin. I know this is a controversial opinion, but the two towers are my least favorite. The two the towers three. is like um, the, the second of the Star Wars prequels, where it's just a big battle for about three hours. Well, that's the end of the film, but in the in the middle, for a good hour, you get all of we're preparing for the Aragon battle and, and shit, yeah. chasing the 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 hobbits who have been taken, and you get then the hobbits have been taken, picked up by trees, and walking along to oh, the fuck trees. All. I forgot the trees. And yeah, you don't really get much of an end for Saruman, who was meant to be in this film, but got cut from it, which is, is so? which apparently incensed Christopher Lee when he when it came out. So wow, yeah, so there was, so there was, anything of this size and scope and popularity is always going to have a few disgruntled people. You Most can't deaf. please everyone and. But still, it's a, it's a wonderful trilogy and we all forget about The Hobbit because we should because it's a big, massive pile of steaming <laughs> shit, those three films. Uh, and then, of course, I also uh, think that we could ignore The Rings of Wayne's Ass. So, <laughs> one of Many six, have tried. <laughs> <laughs> the Return of the King. Nice one. Um, do you think that... You know what? I've completely forgotten what happened in this film. All I remember is what I thought about it. Which Frodo doesn't voluntarily throw the ring into the fires of Mount Doom but Doesn't he? It, it, but eventually falls in there through machinations of the plot and Samwise is the hero who Why didn't he throw it in? Well because it, it had a hold of him and he couldn't what a cunt. he was <laughs> <laughs> he was overtaken by the ring which everyone was but he was he lasted the longest before he was overtaken so Hugh wasn't who? Hugh what's his name um what is his name? Who's fucking Mr. A uh, Agent Smith? What's that character's name? Hugo Weaving. Hugo Weaving, all right? He was the he. He was like, throw it in, and then the human was like, no. And then so, yeah, but he wasn't touching the ring. You got to touch it to oh. be overtaken by it. It's pretty easy to judge from afar, Wayne. Yeah, I do it all the time. I was going to say, <laughs> if anyone should know that shit on this podcast, it's us. <laughs> okay, nice one. Fair enough. Good one. Good one. Good. Yeah. Okay. Well, my number five is a show that I won't crap on about, except to say what the great things are about it. It's the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Okay. Right. I've never seen it. Ah, now let me tell you why you should see it, Paul. Mm -hmm. Okay, please. Well, and also why you won't. Um, <laughs> 
The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is about, essentially, the eponymous leading lady, uh, Midge Maisel, who is Rachel Brosnahan, who's the new Lois Lane. And let me tell you, she's one of the most... I'm not going to say beautiful women ever, though she is beautiful. She's actually glowingly something. It's okay. pretty... I don't know. Kind she's gorgeous. She's gorgeous. She's like. but, and, and, and side note, probably the best rack ever. Um... <laughs> Which you see in the first episode, I, I should I should mention, so, which okay. you would not expect. Okay, hey, like this. the bring me back moment <laughs> in Wayne's hey, lexicon. Some people know how to how to how to get a show uh, piloted. Sure, her husband does stand up to the side. It's all set in the fifties, right? Okay, and her husband does stand up. He actually steals his act from people, stuff, this, that, whatever, and she learns. And it basically she oh, ends so Dennis up Dennis Leary. Yeah, Dennis Leary-ish. Mm. And then she comes back and she actually starts doing stand-up and she's like, in the 50s, a female stand-up, can't believe it, what? no one's what's going on. Exactly. Now she's Next great. Now they're giving them the vote. Uh, well, I know. <laughs> I realize that it already happened. Very I'm just making a joke. 100%. <laughs> I'm very happy everyone gets Don't the vote. Don't explain, Paul. <laughs> just let it happen. <laughs> now, I'll tell you this. Apart from the Probably fact that she's... 15 people just... <laughs> Fuck this podcast. I was joking. No, it's fine. It's fine. I do it all the time. Uh, now, she's a joy to watch. Yes. Endearing charm. Yes, absolutely. It is also kind of a tale inadvertently about strength through adversity because of her doing that in that time. Again, still fun to watch while you watch that, which is the important thing about entertainment. Okay. And a final thing, it is a fashion lookbook come to life. Yes, Paul, you won't care about this. Oh, yeah. But you and your mad menace. 50s fashion, it is actually beautiful and you can't look at the show without kind of marveling eventually at the... F- that's not what... That's one of the reasons to watch it. It's not why you would watch it. No, All of the other reasons... You would. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fucking beautiful. And I love 50s, 60s fashion more than 50s, but whatever, it's great. Like 60s? fashion and the flower power design? No, 70s. That's the 70s. Oh, is that not the end of the 60s? Uh, you anyway, might I, I argue. Anyway. I trust you about fashion. <laughs> the 70s Michael. were big lapels, all these like, old okay. Tom Ford suits. Yeah, yeah. Not very good. Anyway, uh, uh, yeah, so lovely. Cliche as it sounds, the show will make you laugh and cry, but in the best possible way. Excellent. There you are. The Marvelous nice. Mrs. Maisel. Didn't expect it. Very happy for it. My number five. Likewise, I'm not going to crap on too much about it because this is a well-renowned and loved show and for some reason all nine seasons now reside slash live on Amazon Prime. I think they might also nine. live on Netflix. Nine. I'm talking about the US version of The Office. Ah. I haven't talked much about this on the show, other than the fact that in the lifetime of the show, probably only 18 months ago or so, my wife and I started watching it finally. It was just like, okay, come on. We haven't done this show. Let's let's give it a bash. And we're drawn in very fast. You've got to get through those first six or so episodes, which just follow the, the British yes. one very closely. Yes. But then from there, it goes from strength to strength as they forge their own identity and and... For each of the characters, particularly powerful, I think, is Jim. So, John Krasinski Krasinski is great as the everyday kind of guy you you root for. And his love interest, Pam, I can't think of her top of her name. She's, I just saw her in trial the other day. She's also really good in the agree. Very like main. The main difference that they made with the US show that makes it work, I think, better than the UK show. There you go. I was going to ask you, which is better? The US show is better. Yeah. It is. And the simple reason is Steve Carell's character is. Uh, an idiot and he's clueless but he's well-meaning yes whereas David Brent is a cunt, cunt. exactly exactly that's what and it there's is there's nothing likeable about David Brent at all I agree whereas this guy oh great because I go in with that lens I go in going well can't remember what Steve Carell's name is Mike Michael, yeah. Michael Scott Michael is going to be the same David Brent and he's I'm meant to hate him and so I'm watching it with that lens I'm like, but I don't hate yes. him he's an idiot you know he really is and he says stupid things but he legitimately wants the best for the company. But he wants the best for his people. He exactly. cares about them. And let me say this. When the word came out that the US was going to do The Office, and 
everyone, everyone said the US is going to fuck it up. Yeah, because no they fucked everything else exactly. that they've tried to adapt. But this is the one, I don't know, exception that proves the rule. I don't know if it is or not. But this is the one thing you can point to where it actually went leaps and bounds ahead yeah. of that one simply because it was easier to watch. Think about The Office, the UK one. Because David Brent was such a shit So bird, awkward. It's so awkward. And that's Ricky Gervais's humor, okay? Yeah. But then again, there was like, whatever, six, ten, whatever, however many episodes. He did it. So, and again, it was probably, as you say, it's probably only 15, 16 episodes. 15, 16 episodes. Whereas this one, I mean, in the end, you get up to 140, exactly. 150 it episodes. It had more, longevity because more, you could- close to 200 episodes. Exactly. That, and that's a long story short. It's more watchable. I.e. watchable. Yeah. So the and, uh, and they lose Michael Scott at whatever point. And, and at that, that stage, it's fascinating shit. if you watch the behind the scenes or you, you know what about happened? what happened. I'm not going to go into detail here. Okay. I haven't got the time. But like he was fully intending and happy to come back, but there was just this miscommunication, and that let him go. Really? And people shit on the last two seasons as being nowhere near as good without him, and they're probably right. It's not as good, but the the quality drop off is not a cliff. Yeah. It's is minor. It Ed Helms is that him? Yes. Yeah, I, I, I must say, I but didn't But it's James Spader and it's Ed Helm. So James, yeah. There's a I, lot of sort of, he's nowhere near as good, don't get yeah. me wrong. And he's not really the boss for that long either. Other things sort of happen in the yeah. show. So I think it still holds up. I think the end is nice and well put together. I've not quite seen clever. So I thoroughly recommend, I'm preaching the converted. You either watch the show and love it or you, you know don't. And most that's okay. People, most people love this show. It's a really, it's a really great show. And it's definitely in my top 10 all time sitcoms now. So cool. yeah, hats off to the office at number five. Really? Top 10? Oh, my top 10 yeah, wow. sitcoms. Yeah. All right. Sitcoms aren't really my thing. They were back in the day. They're not so much anymore. I'd They're much rather watch a film than yeah. I would watch a sitcom. It's going to be really, really... I've not got around to Parks and Recreation. I, I've i heard the first season's absolute trash. So yeah, like, that's what that's I tried, hard to get into. I tried to watch the first episode, second season, but of course I'm scrambling so I don't really know who, who the fuck anybody is. I would actually say the funniest guy on Parks and Rec is Aziz Ansari. It's, it's a weird okay. thing. Yeah, but there you are. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, so there you are. That's uh, my number five. Nice one. Funny you should mention The Office, Paul, because... A dude from there is in my number four. Ooh, Segway. Yes. I'm speaking, of course, of Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan. Ah, John Krasinski. Yes. Have you seen this? Oh, look, I have. I'm going to hold my thoughts until you've said your bit. Okay, good. Because I will tell you this. What is it? Three seasons now? Four. I think? Four. Okay. So I remember not coming to this for a little while because it's hard to get to a TV show when you have to watch all these fucking movies for a podcast you're doing. Because <laughs> there's so much, like, content. What? Yeah. For me, all right. So, um, but uh, I look when you're busy with your love life, <laughs> or indeed any life, and but you, you want know, your balls to be stroked <laughs> by someone else so often. <laughs> I mean, I think I'm speaking for all of us, Paul. But yes. So, Tom Clancy, Jack Ryan. I think moving from comedy to this badass guy is actually quite a bit of a shift, and like. You know, marrying Emily Blunt aside, it's quite an achievement. Well, he also directed Quiet Place, Quiet Place Part 2. I think that's what happened. He became like a filmmaker, then he became and more he did, serious. along the way, he did that 13 hours. That Benghazi film, which is really good. Really good film. Yep. Really way good underrated. One of Michael, and the Michael Bay one. Michael no Bay, arguably one of his best films. I would agree, because it doesn't look like a Michael Bay yeah. film. Oh, no, it has those moments, but. Eh, not like not slow-mo fucking, yeah. you know, anyway. But good yes, film. Good film. But uh, Tom Clancy, Jack Ryan. So. What it is, it is exactly what you think it is. It is the Jack Ryan character. He's an intelligence op of some sort. Not only is he the guy who has like connections and does stuff in Washington, but he's also the dude who can bust ass and do like shoot motherfuckers and shit like that. Yep. Okay? The seasons go through different, like, of course, there's a Middle Eastern kind of season. There's also a fucking Russian season. Russian season. There's a fucking South American season. Okay. And it is all about international politics and geopolitical fucking this, yep. that, whatever action. Why it's good, I believe, is that I buy that uh, John Krasinski is this dude. Yep. He's 
He's beefed up, right? He's beefcake. Although in the last season, he's a bit of a fatty, I would have to say. Um, and the okay, last sure. season, it, to be fair, I enjoyed the last season, but a lot of people did not. Here we go. Right, okay. Now we're getting to it. All right. So what is it that I, I'm, again, the things aside is that I believe a lot of the stuff in there. And I actually, it brings up interesting points to me. The one in particular I know, noticed was that in the Middle Eastern season, he was really, really like dark on one of the characters they met in. First in, season? It was the first one, yeah. I think so. First and season was, and second season was the sort of... That was the South American one. The South season, American, yeah. season three was the Russian. Russian one. And then I can't remember what the last one was. Fourth, Mexico. Mexico. Kind of, and also about time back in Asia. Yeah, yeah. That's Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. But one of, in that first season, he, he comes across this local in who they're dealing with. And he, he's basically a human trafficker insofar as he has, you know, he's like a pimp, basically. Yep. Jack Ryan then just obviously doesn't hide his disdain for this character. And that character goes to him. He said, maybe if I was born where you were born... I would be able to look yeah. down upon me as well. Yeah. Um, he said, "Luck is 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 as geographical as it is anything else." So, and I powerful like, point. I never thought about that. So, shit like that makes it really good. Now, tell us about that last season, Paul. All I want to say is this: I dug the first season. Wife and I watched first three seasons. Second season, I liked more, and I liked more because not just because of Jack's rise to the CIA, but also his boss and how she's progressing. Yes. And the support characters are what make the show better for me. And then, like Bunk. Yeah, Bunk. Bunk's great. So Wendell Pierce, Wendell Pierce in yep. his role. And then the dude who was in the two Zack Snyder, Dawn of the Dead remake as well. Matt Kelly, I think. Is that his name in real life? The He's C- the, guy the CIA, ex-CIA guy who, the guy with, who yeah. contracts into him. He's great. He's from um, House of Cards. Yeah, guy, yeah. yeah. So he's good too. So they, they make it it's quite nice and they bounce off each other. Season three was excellent. Season three was some of the best. I'm like, if that had maintained the quality, this would absolutely be on my list and probably as high. Mm. Season four, I haven't even finished. The really? first two episodes was so fucking boring, Wayne. Yeah? I couldn't give a shit. I, and suddenly to bring Abby Cornish back in, I'm sorry, Abby Cornish ain't worth Jack <laughs> can we, agree, of day. we can definitely agree on this. If you're John Krasinski, no, no, you I'm ain't not, looking shit at Abby um, Cornish. Yeah, <laughs> this place married to Emily Blunt. Exactly! Fuck that shit, Look, so to that's speak. That's not the big problem. The big problem is for me, it's just completely boring and I don't give a shit about Michael Pena's character. And oh, I like that character. He's a bit of a badass for being a fatty. You know what I mean? That's kind of cool. Didn't buy any of it. Because he's care. supposed to be the deadliest CIA yeah, motherfucker. Didn't care about any of it. Now, maybe it gets good again by the end, but it lost me. I'm like, I can't bring myself to spend That's another... a problem. That's a problem. If you're tapping out midway through the show, you love... Like two or three. There's only six episodes. I'm four Shit. hours from the end. I just couldn't be asked anymore. There's too many other good things to watch. Bro. I haven't even started Gen, Gen V. Yeah, I haven't seen that either. I haven't started that shit. So like, there's um, too many other things that have now shuffled in, in front of it in the line. So mm. Look, I, I admit that was... I think it might be the final season. It I'm is yeah, so it's like, you know, I definitely was like, yeah, this isn't gonna, as good as the rest. But without, without hoping to sound like an idiot, I'm not going to kill Jack Ryan off in the last episode. It's, it's going to end in an okay place for him and if not a good place. I can't remember what happened. Well, don't, <laughs> you saying, you but should, I can't remember anything. I remember what happens in the end of The Office, which I watched two years ago. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think the last episode, if it's a really good show, needs to make an imp- an impression. I don't, like, I'm not trying to show you your choice. You've really enjoyed it. That's great. Mm-hmm. No, I still, so, I still I'll just explain why I dropped off it. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's like if you just got Amazon Prime, right? The things you should watch if you were me <laughs> are among the no, top of my we list. We have a Venn diagram and yeah. we have some crossover, absolutely, yeah. but not everything. So. Totally, totally, totally. But this was in my crossover. I'm just saying it lost me because I, I think the fourth season was a real misstep compared to the tension and the stakes and the editing, I think, and the filmmaking, filmmaking, TV show making, whatever you want to call it. I think it seems like a much greater quality to me in season three than season four. Season four felt like an afterthought to wrap it up. I think the fact that it was six episodes, it smacks of finish your contract. Do you mm. know what I mean? As opposed to, here's the best thing we had to tell. 
So there you are. Yes. Jack Ryan, my, my number four. Yeah, my number four is a Amazon Prime original. It's a TV series as well. It's only a second season. I literally only watched the second, first two episodes of the second season today. The three out at the time of this recording. It's Invincible. Yeah. Invincible is fantastic. And I think I have an explanation for this. Why I really greatly appreciate this show. And maybe another one coming up on my list, which I assume will also be on yours. Yeah. Well, this one isn't on my list. No, it's not this one. Not this one. But, but partly because I knew you'd talk about it. This show to me directly addresses superhero fatigue. Bottom line. Interesting. Simply. Go on. It's about superheroes, but most of the superheroes in it don't act in the way that superheroes might or should, according yep. to what comic book and those stories and those films and those novels and TV shows have told us over time. They act largely in their own self-interest. The government organizations that are involved in the running of this whole thing act in their own self-interest. Yeah. There's a really great moment in the first episode, which I'm not going to spoil. I'm not going to talk about any of the plot machinations. You have to say that Invincible is the son of a Superman-esque character who's come to Earth yep. to protect Earth and help it guide it into the future and protect it from its enemies. And she, he marries a, you know, I guess a the equivalent of Lois Lane. Yep. And they have a kid and the kid's now turning 17, 18. And finally his powers come to bloom. Yep. And he takes on the, the, the name of Invincible. And he's got friends, one of whom is a superhero. And he's got regular friends and a girlfriend and how he balances all that. It's a very stock standard stuff. Yeah. Except where the plot goes. Mm. Except it's not afraid to be bloodthirsty and horrible and over the top. Yeah. It's not afraid to really show what absolute power can and does do to people as opposed to this goody-goody two-shoes version that we see in the Marvel, particularly the MCU, but to a lesser extent in the DC as well. It's definitely that, and I will tell you this. Some of the scenes in this first season, particularly the one on the train, are actually hard for me to watch. Mm. Like I'm like, this is really... It's rated R. Oh, Let it's, me very clear. it's R as fuck. Literally watched the episodes today, and it comes up R. So this is not for your kids. This is not probably not even for a 14, 15, although, you know... I had trouble with I had trouble with some of the the amount of just death in this like for innocent people and I was like holy shit it's actually yeah. I have not seen it again I had to watch a little recap before I started the second season it's it's a tough show and there's a couple like that on Amazon Prime um, yeah I'll, I'll tell you this real quick I've read the comic and this is show the whole is, thing no not the whole thing but oh. like the bits that were represented by this first season. This first season is fast. It's actually the TV show is fast for period of the comic. Wow, okay. I yeah. think you said that before when, mm. when we reviewed the first season or at least the, the opening of it. Yeah. And I, I know there's websites out there now that compare the what's happening in the show to the comic. I just don't bother reading that because it's like, I'm not going to read the comic probably ever, but I'm just really enjoying the journey. I don't want to be spoiled. I don't want to see what happens. And mm. they're releasing the first four episodes now. It's, it's bizarre. It's been three years, I think, or, or two and a half years since the original series. It's taken a long time to produce this next season, running in four episodes now, and then we got to wait two months for the second four episodes. One of those things. I think maybe after the whole season's out, maybe we can do a review and yeah, yeah. come back to it then. But for now, this is a great show. I thoroughly recommend it if you're up for the violence and the nastiness of this world that Kirkman... It's worth a look, created. but like I said, if you're anything like me, it's hard to watch. Oh, by the way, tip of the hat too. Is it Robert Kirkman? Yeah. He's a billionaire... With all the fucking... He does like Walking Dead, 200 million seasons of that, fucking yep. this, some other shit. He does the cartoons. He does the fucking comics. I don't think there's a better... There's a more successful entertainment magnate than this guy. Good on him. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. All right, Wayne. What's your number three? My number three is a show that I only came across 
two days ago. Whoa. And, and it's not called the terminal list. It is not the terminal <laughs> list. <laughs> Though, fucking... You might get a hint at the way Wayne approaches these topics now, by the ladies and gentlemen. There's a recency bias for sure, <laughs> for sure. But also, this is some. This was actually probably, in insofar as pleasant surprises go, I was really, really taken by it. The Legend of Vox Machina. Ah, very All good. Right? Now, I had never heard of this before I've until the, I started. I've seen the whole two seasons. Amazing. With, with There's two to, seasons? Yes, two seasons. With thanks to Chris Sutherland. So, I think patron of the show. If not, thank you, Chris, for your continued listening. He was the one that put me onto it a while ago. Bro. I watched the whole first season and enjoyed it. Watched the whole second season whilst I was on my travels in the US. Um, it's actually made me happy it. that you just told me there's a second season. I didn't yeah. know there was one. Uh, I've seen about seven of the first season. Mm-hmm. And only again because I fucking I, I I pretty much discovered it two nights ago and started binging it. Right, yeah, it's really easy to watch because it's half hour episodes. Yeah. But the best thing about it is, ladies and gentlemen, if you're not uh, like me, uh, familiar with it, is that it's a band. It's a it's an it's a cartoon. Okay, say what it is, Wayne. It's a Dungeons and Dragons role playing game brought to life. It is, and as... it's about eight unlikely heroes. They find themselves on a quest to save the realm of Exandria from these dark magical forces. It's exactly what you think it might be, except they swear, they curse, and they make fuck sex people. There's sex jokes, and I would say this because they have the freedom of the R rating. The gags they make are wonderfully rude and quite funny. Would I be right in saying, Wayne, that your favourite character is the halfling? No, you asshole. I need to say that. I need you fucking say that. (laughs) There's one character who roots everyone, okay? And that's the gag about it. And Paul has chosen to make a joke about that and me. No, I would say that my... (laughs) The halfling fits. Wear him. No, the thing about, uh, well, look, to be fair, a lot of the comedy does come from him. Yes. Because he only has, like, they do have powers and, and shit, also some the of them. the big dumb fucking dude. The big the dumb big, dude, the big exactly. The berserker guy. He's exactly. Funny too. And it's, what, but what, like, all of those things aside, the fact that it is actually drawn like that old Dungeons and Dragons cartoon yeah. kind of puts you up, like, it kind of, it sort of not sets like, you up. Not like Invincible. Invincible was really basic drawing to start with that first episode. I remember thinking, <sighs> what the fuck is this shit? This is a more advanced animation. This is better because there's a bit of CGI in there. Yeah. And stuff like that. So Which it's, eventually, Invincible does get round to, but yeah, does, yeah, exactly. So I and I, to be fair, I'm not a fan of that kind of old school thing. I would much rather see a like uh, like you know one of those uh, what's that? There's a, there's a Netflix show which is all CGI. I can't remember what it's called now, but it's some wicked shit, right? Okay. But having said that, because it is that style, you don't expect it when people say fuck and stuff like yeah. that, right? So what I would also say is that although the char- the characters are good, the story itself moves very well. Yeah. Like you see, like initially, like who are these people? You get a big intro. But then as the show goes through, you see the origin of one, two characters. And one of the characters has just got a sweet gun. That's his whole thing, right? No, there's more to him than that. I know. I, I imagine something happens, and he does have that... that Percy. That, that, yeah, that yeah. odd mask thing yeah, that he does. You'll find all that, all that. Exactly. And that's the thing. I'm interested to find out about that shit. So I would say, like, the legend... I actually... I, I bet you'll finish season one and two by the next fucking cool. recording. Well, um, I think season two came out this year, so it can be on your top ten shit seasons of the year list if it makes it that far. Are we doing that episode? Because I thought it was just any TV you watched that year. No, it's, well, no, it's got to have had a season out this year. Oh, f- oh okay, yeah. yeah. Right, as long as it's got a season out this year, it's fine. Okay, all right. Can't all right. be like, oh, I watched The Office this year. How man? How good was that shit? Man, man. all right. <laughs> <laughs> if not top ten, top five, whatever. We'll do. Sure, we don't have to sure. have a number. My number three. Here's where I have two films that are classics in their own rights in different ways. But I could have done The Matrixes, and I could have done The John Wicks, and I could have done all these kinds of things. I could have even done Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, which is now on. I but, just found that out. I'm like, but, shit, it's on here. We're going to talk about that again before before the end of 
there's topics about the year, so I don't need to talk about it now. Okay, good. So instead, I'm going with I'm going to do a big shout out back to I think one of the greatest sports films of all time, Creed from 2015. The oh yeah yeah the first Creed, Ryan Coogler, absolutely, Michael B. Jordan in the title role playing Adonis Creed's son. I don't think I need to say much more than that. This is a continuation of the Rocky franchise. Sylvester Stallone is in it and absolutely fucking kills. I feel still to this day. That man deserved an Oscar for his performance in this I agree 100%. In fact, I would say that this is the best of the Rocky films. There, I said it. No, I don't think you're wrong. 100%. There's no other Rocky film that has four and a half stars. Right? None. Right. When I watch this movie and towards the end, what you want to feel, Mm. I believe, in a sporting film, which is a drama. This is not a comedy. There's some comedic moments. There's some laughs. Don't get me wrong. That's drama. But it's not Major League. Most definitely. For example. This is a straightforward drama. Big time. Character drama. What you need to feel coming into that last fight is one, don't know how it's going to go. Like, I legitimately don't know who's going to win or lose. And B, you need to feel a sense of thrill. Like this, I want him to win so much. Or them or her. I want the character I'm rooting for to win. Or the characters I'm following to win so much. I'm invested. Yeah. And I don't think any film does it better than this in the sporting drama genre. I would agree completely. I wasn't expecting Creed to be anything when we saw it. And then I looked at it. I'm like, oh, wait, Rocky's... Oh, it is a Rocky... Then we saw that in the trailers. And then it goes on to be like way more engaging than you would think. And, you know, we talk about the this. One the, shot. Ryan, the one shot, one Ryan shot's Cook, amazing. That's amazing. I don't even know how he did and it. I even like the fact that the villain, if you want, it's not even a villain. The opponent in the film is not a villain. No. Like he's just a bloke who wants to win. He's not a, he's not a complete, not a prick, whatever. Mm. He's just, he wants to win and he's prepared to do what you're supposed to do in boxing, knock the fucking other guy. Which he doesn't is, want to kill Creed. Nope. He doesn't got to be like Drago. Like that. No, in fact, he follows up in the pre- in the follow up films as a, as a kind of ally. Yeah. So I really like that too, which is a little bit like the way that happened with the original Rocky and Creed and and he Apollo together. Creed. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The thing is, it was just a delight. From, well, delight insofar as one of these shows go from start to finish. And when you go to the sequel, for example, which is good but not great. It's good but not great. But did you hear and all the, of? And yeah. the third one, I say the same thing. It's good but it's not great. Yeah. The third one, that got weird because apparently Sly and the producer... Oh, they had a big falling out. Big falling yeah. out. And he said, I would do it again, but not with that motherfucker. Yeah. Like straight so up. That's really sad. And I, but I don't hold that against... Obviously, no, Creed, the film. first one is, a, so is from an amazing movie. Creed. If you haven't seen it, please do and, and go and enjoy. Be thrilled. Get that moment when he's running down the fucking street and the music swells and everyone's cheering him. Oh my God. No, it's great. The greatest it's great. cinema moments ever. By the way, shout out to fucking Sly Stallone. He's a guy who's been famous for about 50 years. Yeah. And I saw an interview with him the other day. He's well, got a, a documentary pers- out on Netflix now about him. I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, I've heard that. Um, he's But like, he's got a perspective on life that no one else has Good as a him. guy who's done what he's done. So yeah. Good on him. yeah. You don't hear a lot of stories about him being complete. I mean, he was egotistical and a bit of a maniac back in the 80s. But no, that was, even then it was fun because him and Schwarzenegger hated each other and then yeah, they realized yeah. they were the same guy. I wonder, their friends if, I wonder now. if that will what we'll cover in the documentary. I'm keen to watch it actually. So, yeah. yeah. Nice one. All right. All right. My number two is I'm sure you're number one. And it's The Boys. It is. Yeah. 100%. All right. So let's just both talk Not about it. Very lead. The Boys is stellar. For all the reasons I just said, it is the answer to superhero fatigue. Exactly. So it's a little bit like Invincible in its way, except it's live action. Now, the reason it's my number two and not my number one is for the almost the exact same reason. The Boys is an interesting hybrid for me of a show that is absolutely must-watch. Like, every time a new episode came out, I ran to see it. But I'll never watch it again. You know why, Paul? Because it's really tough to watch. I find, and in the last season, in particular, they've gone really, like, they've turned it all the way up. I don't know why you would want a person to shrink down and walk around inside your urethra. (laughs) All right? (laughs) Like, don't put anyone inside your dick, everyone. That's just the thing, okay? Don't do that. And I don't know what this was about. Look, and I I don't mean penises when I say this, okay? 
But I do mean, don't put guinea pigs inside your anus either. No, don't do that either. Yeah. Don't put anything that has a head other than a dick inside your ass. <laughs> that's right. All right, just like that's that. All right, so, um, and what they did with this one. Don't put a whole living entity exactly, inside your body. Exactly, exactly. They won't have a good time, and frankly, I don't think you will either. So, um, but th- th- this last season got so <laughs> on purpose gross, right? <laughs> My number one show weighs number two. What have we landed on? <laughs> Let's emphasize not putting whole live bodies <laughs> inside in your orifice for your sexual pleasure. <laughs> There's a bit more to the show. There's far more to the show. And I will say this, though, because um, how many seasons has it been? Three. Three, right? The end of the second season, because I really hated that female villain character. I hate her, right? Yeah. Um, you mean too? Yeah. But I just think she's... I don't like watching her. That's my issue. I, there are villains like Thanos that I love watching, even though you're not supposed to like him. But this is not that. So, if my wife said to me today after listening to this episode, yeah, at the time of her listening, let's watch the boys. I'm, I'm, I'm up, I'm up for it now. After the way you and Wayne talked about it, the fact that Wayne likes it is enough to get me over the line. Not you, you asshole. <laughs> which is bad. what you would normally say to me. Then uh, I'd watch it again happily. Yeah, in, uh, from the get go. Hopefully, just in time to kick off season four, which I believe is coming next year to wrap it up. I think it's one more season, then we're done. See, I'd watch it again, but not happily. And I, I think that you and I should think about doing a recap thing on YouTube for everyone because that's the, honestly, before I watch another season, I'm like, what the fuck happened again? Because I have the memory of a goldfish. <laughs> and so, like, uh, and I, I, I actually always watch those things. Go, oh, that's yeah, right. Sure. You know, it's that kind of thing. So, yeah, absolutely. Now, tell me why you love the boys, Paul. Or have you already done that? No, I think, look, I don't want to bang on about it too much. Again, I'm wary of the, the time the episode's running. But Are we long? Yeah. yeah. A little bit long. That's okay. Yeah, that's what she said. Um, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's why we're long, Paul. You keep making them broadcast jokes. <laughs> Anything to keep the laughs going, Wayne? Anything? To, no. Look, it's an answer to superhero boredom and the same thing over and over again. This is an absolute exploration of how power corrupts and corrupts absolutely. I love the background. I love the characterization of the butcher and all his mates and how they've grown to be feel like real kind of humans as we go. And I will be genuinely sad unlike most shows where we lose a few minor characters sort of secondary characters mm. I'll be like yay mm. we're up in the stakes any one of these get off and I don't know because I've not read the comics is it me Mark, neither Mark Millar yeah. yeah I've not read the comics I don't know where it's going don't know how it's going to end I am in for this journey and I want to see it and I want Homelander who is the greatest villain to ever be depicted in the superhero genre in hang my opinion. on hang on that's With a little bit possible exception of Heath Ledger's Joker in The Dark Knight. I can't mm. think of anyone better. Thanos is better. No. Thanos is better. He's not. He's less cunty, but he's better. Thanos is not as terrifying. Uh, uh, I would agree. As Homelander. I would agree. I would agree. But that's he's because. He's not as. I mean, he's hidden behind this great big fucking CG yeah. thing. You don't. You get some of Josh Prolan's performance. You don't get Anthony Starr's performance in this. Yeah. If I had. I mean, <laughs> stupid discussion. But if I had to face off against one. My point is, that guy is genuinely terrifying because you don't know what he's going to do at any yeah, moment. You yeah. don't know where he's going to eviscerate you and tear straight through or he's going to give you a lollipop and say, on your way, off you go. Yeah, Because he's got himself control. Doing. Whereas exactly. Thanos is single-minded and follows through whatever the cost yeah. to his end goal. He's yeah. predictable. You admire Thanos, you're scared of Homelander. Yeah, yeah. I get it. Yeah, and, I, and therefore, and I think the performance is much better from... Yeah, no, look, there's uh, no doubt he's much, doing it. Much as a strong word. No, no. It's better. He's doing a sterling job. That Anthony Starr guy? He's so good at this. Doing great, doing great. Yeah, and I love the, the anecdotal story he said to uh, Jensen Ackles when he was on as the recent sort of quasi-antagonist yeah. in season yeah. three. He's like, what are, you t- 
what, he's buffing up and working out. What are you doing? Just let him put the suit on you. That's <laughs> right. And that is something that does offend me. Like that Homelander's suit is all muscles. So it's a whole it's a muscle suit. You can tell like a motherfucker. I, I, I don't care. I look close yeah. enough. Are you trying to tell me that Thanos' purple skin and all his thing is not fake? That's CGI though. It was never going to look like a human, whereas this is trying to look like a human. You know what I mean? No, he's so, trying to look like a buff actual superhero. A human. Thanos not human, see? So anyway, yeah. anyway, anyway, that, that is like, it doesn't take away. Thanos more, I'm just saying, for me... <laughs> it doesn't take this, it away. This is amazing, and yeah. I cannot wait. God, I hope he doesn't win. Like that Who, one, Homelander? Yeah. I cannot he, wait for him to be taken down, whatever the cost is. He should have been taken down in that last season by Jensen uh, Ackles. If there's any problem with this show, it's that we're quasi He's still in the same armor. state of affairs yes. we were at the start of episode one. We're still there at the end of episode, so season three's eight mm. episodes, I think it is, per season, six episodes per season. When's it come back? Uh, there's no date. Oh, we've okay. got Gen V this this year. I think that was their tide over. I would suspect middle of next year at best. Okay, cool, nice one. The boys are number two and one. one. So yeah. Wayne, my number two then to wrap up my list, and I'll just run it back through for everyone playing at home. My number two is another classic of films all around. I don't think we talk about this film enough. I don't think we've given enough love or credence. It is. Back to the Future from 1985. <laughs> like everyone loves that film. Right? No one doesn't love it, but we don't talk about it That's very true, often on because this show. We just assume it, which is like, why I let it be here, and I wanted to absolutely. give it a bit of its due. Because again, I could have talked about 15 other films. I could have mm, talked about 20 hidden gems. Completely valid. But I've gone with this one because I just think it is the perfect family fun sci-fi adventure. Do you know what moment I remember from my youth? Please, um, when watching Back to the Future in the cinema, having no kind of didn't even know what I thought about movies yet, other than the fact that I wanted to be there. Right? Mm-hmm. The way this movie starts with the tick, 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 and you just see Steven Spielberg panning around. Well, he's shooting at the floor no. level, so all you it's see is like Marty McFly's feet walking into a room, and it's dark, dark brown. He dark didn't direct brown. this, Steven Spielberg. It was Richard Donner. Wasn't Sorry, it? Richard. No, it was. Rich- wasn't Richard Donner, was it? It was, what's his, what's his name? The other oh, guy. Robert Zemeckis. Robert Zemeckis. Bob Zemeckis. Sorry. Sorry. Right. Sorry, sorry, you're right. Bob Zemeckis. Yep. He's like, it's just, and it was a really understated, but somehow classy, because you didn't hear this, like, it wasn't an opening score or anything. It was just very quiet. All you hear is the clock ticking, and you see this Back to the Future logo come up, and it's Marty walking around, whatever, and he's like looking for Doc Brown and this and that. And then finally it pans out, and you see him, oh, there's a guitar here, and he plugs it in, and <laughs> And all of that shit, I'm sitting there going, this is so cool. My enduring memory of this, I went to the, the cinema with my grandmother. Yeah. My dear departed Oma, yeah, 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 Oma yeah. as we call her. She took me there, 9.85. Obviously, it was early in the run. We went to Cinema Shitty. Cinema Titty. In the uh, city. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the line for this was, it was one of the upstairs cinemas. Oh, that was a big The line cinema. was down the stairs, yeah. through the foyer, out the fucking front door. God, I remember that cinema. And we got into, we got right to the top and I, like the typical fucking 10 year old, went, I gotta go to the toilet. And I was like, okay, I'll wait here for you. So I ran down to find the toilet, pissed, came back and then tried to get to my grandmother who was standing in the doorway and the Ushers wouldn't let me pass. It'd fuck off to the back of the line, little shit. Oh my god! But you were clearly not there alone. Like you were walking one year old. I remember bursting into tears. I would have. Really I would have cried too. Grandma's up there, motherfucker. You think I just exist alone? Fuck you. Yeah, I know I what you like, mean. Yeah, obviously, if you're 15 or 16, you're like, get fucked, you prick. There's my person I'm with right there. Yeah, we were 10 but years when you're old. 10, you're just like, Ooh, you go to the back of the line. And then, you know, we had to sit in the worst possible fucking seats. Oh, my God, really? The side of the Did cinema. you wave? Oh, that's, that's wow. That wouldn't, that wouldn't fly now. No. That would not fly. But it was that the was 80s, 85. ladies and gentlemen. They didn't give a fuck what you thought. What a movie. What an experience. Didn't sour me on it. That's how good it was. I couldn't wait to see the second one. And I've had the joy of showing my daughter this, who was so angry at the end of the second one. At the end uh, of this yeah, one, actually, yeah. where it says to be continued. What? And then the second one, where it just ends mid kind of film. 
No, the second one was to be continued. This one. This one still says to be continued. Does it? Yeah. When they fly off. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Where we're going, we don't need. Yeah, yeah. Roads. Money. Yeah. No. Money. Ask you this: Did you think the third one that went to a western? Did you, any, did you? I had no problem with. By it. comparison, like overall, it's a five and a half, six out of ten film. But compared to the ten out of ten, this film is, or maybe nine point five. And the second one, I, I used to love the second one. It's not as good on. It's eight out of ten. Oh, the second one was the, great with the beef thing the and the fucking plant. Yeah, no, but you know what? That number, the third one with the western, that was a big swing, which I think only paid off for me because I'm like, I love westerns yeah. for that reason. Anyway, disappointing. Very cool. All right, nice so one. My list then Just to wrap it up. Then list. Wayne, you can give us your list and your number one. My number ten, coupling. Number nine, top knot detective. Eight, Wormwood. Colon, Road of the Dead. Seven, Palm Strings. Six, The Lord of the Rings. Colon, The Return of the King. Number five, The Office. Four, Invincible. Three, Creed. Number two, Back to the Future. My number one. The Boys. The Boys. Nice one. Uh, my number 10 was Get Shotty. Number 9, The Inbetweeners. 8, Rings of Power. Yeah. 7, The Terminalist. <laughs> 6, Bloodsport. 5, The Marvelous Mr. Maisel. 4, Tom Clancy, Jack Ryan. 3, The Legend of Vox Machina. 2, The Boys. And my number 1 is, of course, Reacher. Yes, okay. there it is. Now, the let me just... aforementioned <laughs> reference to The Terminalist. <laughs> We've talked all about this, so I'll just say this to you, okay? Yes, Reacher is about a like presumably seven foot tall, big, muscly motherfucker who walks around small towns as a vagrant and fucks people up. Now, I will say this though: I reckon the reason not only Reacher is is popular with me, but in general the books and so on, is that it is a little bit of a middle aged fan- man's fantasy thing. Where I can tell you, ladies and gentlemen, the ladies out there who are listening, as a man walking around the world and being a man. If shit goes down, there's always something in the back of your head where it's like, I'm going to have to fight, or someone will fight me, or I might be attacked, or if, God forbid, I'm with a woman, I'm the one taking all the licks whilst I say, please run away, or whatever. So it's always in the back of your head that you have to be a little bit in condition yellow, at least in my head, that okay. if you're walking around, it's like, oh, no, okay. I, I don't disagree. I understand what you're saying. Do you know what I mean? And like, uh, as, a, as a guy who's all of, I don't know, five foot seven and a half, <laughs> I would say that- Fuck those five foot six guys. <laughs> um. You know, I'm particularly that way, and and yeah, as a guy who's you know whatever, I'm I'm so so when you see uh, a show of a guy who everyone just goes holy shit, and he clearly doesn't like he's not scared of anyone, and can fuck most to anyone people up. Yeah, one, it on, is, one, one on one. It's a fantasy of sorts for a guy like me. Less sure. so for a taller man or whatever. Oh, but no, I understand where you come from. You know, and and this show here itself, I think tonally it is the most like justified that i've seen since justified and justified is one of my favorite shows of all time is, yep for me justified is like paul scrubs it's like it's there right so do it baby yeah that's right that's right <laughs> <laughs> um now i will say this the first season that aired it's not perfect okay it's got bits in it and stuff like that however season two coming in that three weeks time. very soon very soon yeah and i can't wait but I'll say also that the difference between this and, say, The Boys, which you might argue is technically takes more swings and does a lot, it's, it's a lot edgier, right? I haven't said I can't comment. Yeah. yeah. Is that I've seen this thing three times. What? Because <laughs> it's a great thing to have on in the background. Same with Justified. I've seen it about five times. While I'm doing other stuff, while I'm doing other stuff, but the moments in it are so great and the show is so great, I'll just keep watching it. It's moments like these where I realize... <laughs> Oh, I have problems watching new movies. Yeah. Yes, I know, Paul. When all those recommendations, <laughs> when Wayne's top 10 films a year and bottom 10 films a year are pulled from a list of 43, <laughs> why that is the case. Uh, I'm definitely not the uh, time manager Paul is. Let, let's just put it that <laughs> well, way. No, you just make it stupid. <laughs> I'm going to watch this again because I can. What's some fucking else on? Well, I'm sure as a shrink, I don't need to tell you that sometimes people need familiarity to be comfortable. Am I? Am I? You're in your own home. 
So, I know. So a place you jerk off 73 times a day. <laughs> There's some familiarity. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, that's my number one. Je- oh, sorry. Reacher, is it called? Yeah. Looking forward to the new one. All right, cool. There we are. Give that's some Alice. Yeah, let's very quickly, just very quickly, just run down these ones. And I'm going to keep only 10. It's literally going to be pop 10 this week, Wayne, because uh, we don't need to be doing hour and a half episodes every <laughs> week. <laughs> Honorable mentions from TV, Veronica Mars and the Inbetweeners. I mentioned Across the Spider-Verse and The Matrix and The John Wicks, Midsommar, Edge of Tomorrow, Inglorious Bastards, Cabin in the Woods, Eternal Shines on the Spotless Mind, Gladiator, Spider-Man Homecoming, The Revenant, Fight Club, and Halloween. Nice one. I'll bust out Black Klansman, Sicario, 8 out of 10 cats, trust me. Uh, 22, no, no, that's a British... It's a great show. I watch a lot of those videos in the snippets. Look great. Jimmy There's, Carr? Yeah, yeah, Jimmy Carr. Really great. 22 Jump Street, Boss Level, Upload, and 7500. Okay, very nice. That's Alice. What about yours? We wrap up every episode of The Countdown with your feedback on the topic at hand, the segment that we call The Pop 10. Talk about Pop 10. Talk about Pop 10. Kicking off this week's Pop 10 with patron extraordinaire, Sire Wazow, who said, Number three, The Boys. Number two, Outer Range. Uh, Have you seen this? Nope. A lot of people talking about it. Not sure what it is. Okay. Number one, Richard. Yeah, boy. There you go. Rob Walters said, I've got a few things, but top three, Upload, Reacher and the Boys. Some Very good. Very Chris Reenie? Yeeny? Chris Reenie. Reenie Chris. Re- Chris Reenie of the Yeenie. <laughs> <laughs> this is damn difficult keeping it to three original TV series. So stoked for Reacher season two to drop next month and enjoying Invincible season two currently. But number three, Jack Ryan. Number two, Good Omens. Number one, Bosch. Have you ever seen Good Omens? No. Nah. And Bosch? No. Yeah. Bad zero here. Again, hearing... I didn't mean either. Actually, no. I may have watched the first episode of Good Omens and I think wife went, not for me. And I was like, "Eh, not enough for me to continue without you. Mm. Luke Alexander. Next up with number three, The Wilds. Still haven't watched season two, if that says anything. Number two, Blippi. I've not heard of this one. Number one, Upload by a Mile, says. Mm. Gotcha. Stephen Croon says, number three, The Legend of Vox Machina. Yeah, boy. Number two, The Boys. Number one, Invincible. Look at that. Cameron Petty had number three, The Boys. There's a fucking... Yeah, that's the thing, right? It's yeah. probably... It is probably... Number two, Reacher. Call. Number one, The Expanse, which was a show that Amazon Prime picked up once, whatever network it was, dumped it. I think it had six seasons, give or take. So. Seen any? I watched the first two or three episodes, was into it, was interested, but unfortunately I watched it while I was away on a holiday and by the time I got back, I got... Anyway. Is that not the curse of the modern era? Mm. There's so much there content, is. there's no chance you're seeing all of it. There is. That, that, that is a very good point. Very, Mary Clement Hill... Number one, no. Number three, Bosch. Number two, The Devil's Hour. Great show. Probably could have been on my honorable mentions. The Devil's. Very good. Devil's Hour with Hour. Peter oh. Capaldi and I don't want to spoil it, but it's kind of a uh, time travel is not the right word, but okay. alternate. I don't know. Watch the show. Okay. Number one, Marvelous. I guess when she says Maisel at number one, I guess she's yeah, Marvelous, Marvelous Mrs. Yep. Mrs. Maisel. Troy Spinner had number three, Fleabag. Yeah. I've only seen a few of those, but everything I've seen is good. For some reason, I haven't kept watching. Yeah. Number two, Jack Ryan. Number one, Invincible slash The Boys. Like these two is uh, pretty interchangeable at this point, but both mm-hmm. stellar. Would agree. Jesse Dixon at number three, John Wick 4. Number two, mm-hmm. John Wick 4. Number one, <laughs> John Wick 4. <laughs> That's hey. also, you can only buy it at the moment. So I didn't count anything you could only buy. Yeah. Yeah, I figured it had to be there for free. Hang on, quick question. Of the of the John Wicks, your favorite? Oh, don't hold me that. Tough one, right? I watched first... I've watched the first one three times and the fourth one once. I've got the fourth one on 4K. Let me watch that again before I make my determination. Okay, I'm going to go three, by the way. John Wick three. I think that's the third best. Beautiful. For sure. Really? Yeah, number two is the worst. Number two sucks. Yeah, right. w- It doesn't suck. It kind of sucks. It's three and a half stars, four out of four stars Suc- out of ten. Yeah, okay. Number Succular. three is 
better by half a star. Number one's better by half a star. And the question is, is four the best? four and a half or five? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Right, 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 right. we'll find out in the year. Robin Glader. I'm not sure I've read Robin's name before, so this might be a first time you could do the show. Welcome, Robin. Hello, Robin. Number three, I was going to say the boys, but everyone else is picking it, so I'll say the terminal list, the I won't. Hmm. Number two, Richard. Number one, Jack Ryan. Guess who's getting your vote? Fucking hey, What up, Rob? Who are you going to vote from this week? And lastly, Ben Burnham. Hmm. I see the legend of Vox Machina. Good Omens and Jack Ryan listed rather a lot already. So we'll go in a completely different direction. Number three, Dolomite, 1975. Sorry. Yeah. And let's follow up the Human Tornado at 1976. Number two, Coffee, 1973 with Pangria. All that needs to be said. Number one, The Arena, 1974. Pangria in the most accurate depiction of ancient Rome ever committed to film. A classicist. I've heard of none of those. On that bombshell. Right. We're ending this episode. Wayne, thank you so much. First of all, everyone who got back to us, there was a lot of feedback for a topic I thought no one would be bothered with because A, you had to have Amazon Prime. B, you had to give a shit enough to look through and decide what you liked. Yeah. So thank you so much, thank everyone you kids. who got back to us. Wayne, how did the good folk get in touch with us? Let us know their feedback on the topic at hand or anything else indeed. Google The Countdown Podcast, find our socials, follow us, do shit. Send us an email at thecountdownpodcast at gmail.com or visit the website, thecountdownpodcast.com. I just want to say, do shit is imperative. Do shit. Yeah, if you haven't chat. <laughs> Since you last heard the last episode, unless you've listened to them back to back, that's a problem. Drop a deuce, guys. Yeah. Come on, let's yeah. get that out of there. Better out than in, I always say. You can follow us on X <laughs> at the Countdown PC. The Facebook community is where we get most of our feedback from, where I tune into it anyway. We have great people talking stuff. And uh, the Patreon, the links on the website, and of course, as and also in the show notes, and our merch store as well. Time for Christmas. Yeah, get some people the new Countdown. Merch t-shirt with our new there. logo and shit. You might notice some changes happening, by the way. Well done, Wayne. Uh, around the, our logo and the like, finally. Only, only took a year, It's only yes. been six months six since months we uh, actually changed the logo, but Wayne's getting to it. That's, That's, good. Right. That's good. And the website's to come next. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's happening next week for episode 450, motherfucker? 450? 450th county. What's up? We are going... We're going to rank the Marvel Phase 4 things. Just, <laughs> not, not just movies. TV shows as well. Okay. Uh, otherwise known as Paul gets to tee off on shit. Yes, Paul's going to fart all over this. So if you want to hear a bit of anal action, <laughs> next month, next week is the one to watch. <laughs> oh, there two. might be an argument to suggest that there's a lot of anal action every week on the show. I mean, certainly in my A life. lot of shit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's what we're doing next week, folks. So let's see. Let's hear your ire as well. Huh? Yeah, come on back and we'll look forward to entertaining you then. This has been an absolute pleasure, but that's the end for episode 449. My name is Paul. My name is Wayne. And this has been the soundboard. Eat my ass! <laughs> Eat all the asses, man! Phase four. We'll catch you next week. See ya. Yeah.